Hey everybody, welcome back to the Quaker Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sean McKeown. I'm here with my co-host and editor, Vivian Yao. We have a very special first today for our podcast. We both have a dual interview on, our first track and field athletes. We have Scott Tony and Campton Cam. A little round of applause from the, from the, the one editor we have in the room in the back. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a quick chance for both athletes to introduce themselves. Um, just a little prompt. You guys can go like name, sport you do, and w- w- one interesting fact about yourselves. Yeah, my name is Scott Tony. I'm a pole vaulter for the University of Pennsylvania. Um, I think a fun fact I have is I can ride a unicycle, which I uh, learned in seventh grade. Multi-sport athlete. <laughs> not, the podcast. not quite, but that's, that is my fun fact that, I, that goes around. Got you. Alright, I'm Kempton Kem, a sophomore here at the University of Pennsylvania doing high jump. And one interesting fact, um, I have a Wikipedia page. You know what? We I know that. that. We, we, we do know that. <laughs> what, we did our research. We searched you up and there was, a, in fact, a Wikipedia page. I did one up, Scott. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, I want to thank you both for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, this is our first duo interview of the year. Um, I think it's pretty special because you guys are, are pretty good friends, right? Like you guys, you know, it's not just like two random people coming on, but you guys have like, you know, when did you guys meet? Like, you know, you're both on the same team, but like, how'd that go along? Yeah. You want to go first? I want to hear your story. <laughs> uh, my story is, I think his freshman year, obviously I'm two years. It's kind of interesting. I'm a senior here and he's a sophomore, but he's actually older than me because He's from Singapore. They have to do two years of mandatory milita- military service. Mm-hmm. Um, but before everything, you know, classes and track release starts up, we have NSO. And that's really when we first met is we met actually at a, another teammate's house when we were walking there. His name's Jack Michael. Yeah, cool. that's that's the story. So basically during NSO, um, Scott came over to me and started talking to me, giving me basically everything about the team, the honest opinion, and, you know, from day one, he was no, no nonsense, no bullshit. and so, um, I think that's, that's how I knew from day one that he's a genuine friend. Mm-hmm. That's, and again, really cool to hear, you know, we, we interview hundreds of athletes here every year, some people, like, you know, hate each other, some people can't stand their teammates, it's kind of fun to hear, like, yeah, we're good friends, <laughs> like, there's no, no drama, just, like, good teammates, um, the reason we had the idea for this, this duo interview was a, um, you know, we had some connections to both of y'all, could reach out. But also, you guys both went to Penn State and both set some records at the Penn State together, which I think is really cool to hear. Like, you, you know, friends who know each other on the same team, both doing, like, great performances. I want y'all to walk us through both the accomplish- accomplishments y'all had that day. We can start with, with Scott, mm-hmm. if you want to go over. Um, I think you were the first person in, and correct me if I'm wrong, in uh, UPenn history to go over 18 feet. Yes, indoors. Indoors. Yeah. Okay. So indoors and outdoors, there's not much of a difference, just that indoors is winter season, outdoors is spring season. Okay. With pole vaulting, indoors, outdoors, the difference is kind of just wind and, and you know conditions. Obviously, one takes place indoors, one takes place outdoors, but there's really not much there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Penn State was feeling not so great, actually, going into the meet, and then I started to warm up. And, you know, 18 has always been a very big jump just personally not only is it you know breaking that kind of barrier um of 18 feet and in meters that's 550 and that's also kind of a barrier mm-hmm. um but i come from a pole vault family my dad pole vaulted i have two older brothers that pole vaulted and the record in the f- the family was 
545, which is 1710 and a half. So, okay. So also to be able to break that, you know, Tony family record, yeah. UPenn indoor record. Um, and then also it put me at a good shot to make the indoor national meet. So it was very special. That's fantastic. I didn't know there was a bigger record than the, the pen one being broken. You know, the <laughs> family definitely matters a lot more. Yeah, that's definitely bragging rights. <laughs> that, that one matters more to me. Um, that's super cool to hear, by the way. It was funny. Shout out one of our writers, Waning. She came up to me. And she's like, I think Scott Tony comes from a pole vaulting family. Just from the way he talks, I feel like he's got to, you know, they all got to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, does that push you a little bit, being from, you know, a family of everyone, you know? Doing yeah. the same sport, being ultra competitive? Yeah, of course. I mean... My closest brother is seven years older. I have three brothers, seven years, 10 years, 12 years. Okay. And whenever we'd play anything like, a, you know, board game, video game, they'd always win because I was <laughs> at, you know, a handicap of just being so much younger. Yeah. And pole vaulting was one of those ways where, you know, we knew what they jumped at what age. And so I was able to come along and now that handicap was kind of gone where, hey, you jumped this at this age, I jumped this at this age, mm -hmm. and I was able to come along and just start breaking all their <laughs> records, which what, felt really good personally. When you broke the records, was the first thing you said to them, like, did you rub it in their faces? Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, I was, what was their reactions to that? I was just, you know, they were very happy for me. <laughs> they were very, you know, proud of what I accomplished. So there was definitely no, like, bad blood. Got you. And to transition over to Campton real quick. You broke a very special record as well. I believe the indoor Singaporean national record for high jump. Yeah. Walk which, which he also previously held. <laughs> so broke, he's breaking just your own record? <laughs> 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 so uh, not a unique feeling, seeing as you've already held it. But again, to break a record you set representing your country, how does how, walk us through that. Walk, walk us how you felt leading up to it. How was the day? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely unique uh, to break every record because it's like pushing yourself. Um, I don't come from a high jump family like Scott, so I'm an only child. Um, high jump, I'm the first one to do it in my family. Mm. And, you know, coming from Singapore, uh, we have the national record right now, 222, which is outdoors. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal that I'm always trying to, to work towards. And so at Penn State, it was just like, okay, we, need, we know what we need to do. Uh, Coach and I had a plan, and we were going into this with a six-step approach, and we'll work it up to a 10 um, down the road but today the focus was on six steps mm -hmm. going to the competition I think I felt um, not too great but you, you know you guys both were feeling off that day something yeah. in the water <laughs> maybe I don't know like me personally it was just uh, like hamstrings weren't feeling too good no. but then they kind of loosened up I don't know were you rooming together yeah, yeah, we were actually. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to joke, were, were you guys out drinking the night before? <laughs> no. Going to the meet a little no. dizzy or? <laughs> no. <laughs> Late night talks. Yeah, yeah, we were talking. <laughs> yeah, right after he broke the record because mm -hmm. he competed one day before me. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I competed Friday, you competed yeah, Saturday. Yeah, so I mean, we were just staying up talking to each other and, you know, um, obviously going to the competition, I was focused. Uh, just tried to clear seven feet and did that, you know, as a confidence booster mm -hmm. and, you know, excited for... Uh, moving back to 10 steps because that's what my full run-up is. So I was pretty happy with that. That's fantastic. And again, you know, meeting you for the first time, you've probably been asked this a lot, but th the pride of having a national record, you know, for, for representing your country in that way and, and holding that, it's got to be a special thing. It's, it, it's something that, like, most people in the world will never get the joy of knowing of, like, hey, I, I get to be the best for my country in this one specific aspect. Is that a sense of pride for, like, you, your family? Like, how does, like... How does that affect you going about your day as an athlete here at Penn, like knowing that you hold you uphold the biggest record you could possibly in your sport? I think definitely it's um, 
it's a good feeling to have but you know records you know they're meant to be broken mm-hmm. and i mean someone's gonna come along in the future break my record and i'll be happy for him because the the current record holder keeps telling me that it's been 30 years since someone jumped above seven feet you know mm-hmm. it's about time and he's always encouraging me telling me you know it's not about if it's about when and i believe that I should invest on this record. I keep improving it and, you know, I set my sights on higher goals every time. So, you know, a record doesn't define me. You know, I don't go around pan thinking, you know, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, holding a national I'm, record. I'm better than all these people nah, around no, me. No, definitely not. <laughs> it's just like something to, you know, it's a it's a check uh, check mm-hmm. box that you have every time you, you start the season. Like, this is what I want to achieve. This is, have I achieved it? Yes, no. Mm-hmm. What can I do to achieve it? So I think that's how I view it instead. So the record's 222? For the outdoor, yeah, Singapore You're outdoor record. Two twenty indoors is that. That's rec- my record. So, how, like, how how's that feel? Like that you're like pretty close to like almost getting there indoors and like translating that outdoors. How how's that feel heading into this spring season? Because the last time we talked, I remember you said, "I'm really excited to actually get out there." You missed a lot of last season, so now you get the chance to go out there and you're on a pretty hot streak. So, how's that feeling? I mean, it feels great. Um, coming to Ivy League Championships, mm, trying to aim for, obviously, uh, the gold medal. And I think it'll be special to do it with Scott if we're both Ivy League champions this year. That's such a, that's a, such a that must be such a fun feeling. Yeah. You know, both having, you know, a friendship with the people who both have a real good shot to win a championship together. And again, very separate sports, but something that connects you all is you're on the same team, same school, same mentality for like, you know, go out there and kill the Ivies. Um, when is your next competition? For both of y'all? Uh, it's this weekend. The okay. Ivy League Championships. Oh, to clarify, I knew that. I was more so just introducing <laughs> the, the topic of the Ivy League Championships. Um, yes, that would yeah. be very bad if I didn't know that as, as my job. Um, but talk me through how you guys are both looking ahead. I'll go to Scott first. Um, you're prepping. I know we've talked before about like how rigorously you treat your training and mm-hmm. how you prepare and how it's really important for you. How are you looking at this week ahead, the weekend, and how are you getting yourself ready for that? Yeah, I mean, I'd kind of treat this weekend like any other weekend that I'd be, you know, training for a meet on Saturday mm-hmm. where looking for the week, Monday, maybe I'll be doing more sprint stuff. Tuesday, Thursday is often more gymnastics. Wednesday, maybe a little bit more sprint work too. Um, and then Friday is always like a pre-meet where basically it's just a big warm-up for, you know, 30, 40 minutes and then you kind of let it go and then Saturday you compete. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing is just making sure that I'm eating correctly and then uh, that I'm in the training room quite frequently, just making sure to try and stay healthy. Gotcha. And how about yourself? Yeah, I think like Scott, just approach it as any other meet. Um, similar to him, we have uh, the practice schedules around the same time, doing the same things in, mm-hmm. in the lead up uh, for that week. Uh, for me, I compete on Sunday, so it's a little different. I would be jumping on Thursday this week instead of uh, Friday and you know just going into it like like Scott in the training room trying to get all our injuries or like any aches or, or sort of pains away and mm-hmm. being in the best shape possible for this week. Hey, Scott you mentioned gymnastics kind of curious like what does that entail because usually when I think gymnasts they're like tend to be shorter like and so yeah, it's like roasting <laughs> the gymnasts out here. <laughs> but are, like are you guys doing like I mean, it's, I guess it's similar because of with all the jumping and stuff, but what exactly does that entail? Yeah, so with pole vaulting, 
it's a movement that's very similar to gymnastics. It's very core intensive. You have to get upside down when you're on, you know, jumping on the pole. And so a lot of that is just trying to mimic drills on a high bar. So one of the drills, very famous ones called the Bupka, where it's like an upside down deadlift on a high bar. That's probably the best way I could explain it. Other stuff I'm, you know, I'm sure you're common with is just like, you know, handstands, upside down push-ups, anything that's kind of upper body and core focused is very beneficial for pole vaulting and just all pole vaulters in general, you kind of have to do it because it mimics the motions when you're competing and when you're practicing mm-hmm. to, you know, help and achieve a little bit more. Gotcha. I, um, we've interviewed a lot of athletes on this podcast for a lot of different sports. Um, and you get like a, a bunch of characters, a bunch of people who treat the sport differently. Um, like my favorite interview is Ryan, uh, Ryan Dombowski, Mr. Drumbo himself, who's a very intense, I'm gonna go out there and kill him type of guy and has that huge mentality and character of like, you know, I need to be proud of myself. I need to be like th- this character on the mound to succeed. You guys both seem very clinical. Like it's, it's a map. It's steps that you follow. And if you succeed at those steps, you'll win and you'll do better and you'll push yourself. Is this a mentality like you come here having already the coaches instill like, cause you guys seem like uniform. Like there's one message we're sending out that we're clinical and we're about to like go out there and win. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is that something you guys just both individually have, or is that something that gets taught at Beth? No, I think it's just something that we have. You know, that's one of the reasons we are such close friends is because we think very similarly, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of the mentality that I was, you know, growing up with. Taught that was instilled was, you know, if you do all these things, the result will come. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of you have to stay diligent. You have to stay dedicated to doing it. And then the confidence will be there that you will start to perform. So, you know, I don't know if that's the same with Campton, but personally with me, it was more of my upbringing. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd say the same. Uh, the events that we do, pole vault and high jump, it's pretty methodical. You know, we have a certain number of steps. We have to run. We have to be on point for pole vault. I think you guys have the mid step. Yeah. Yeah. For high jump, we have two markings as well. And it's always consistent stepping. You know, you're trying to be as consistent as you can when you clear the bar. Um, the technique has to be as flawless as possible. And mm-hmm. so it's always working on that, trying to be as technically sound as possible. And I think, um, like you mentioned, clinical, it's, it's probably a very good way to describe that. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to pole vault where you have kind of two steps that you check for, the, the step where you actually take off with the pole mm-hmm. and then your step in the middle of the runway. And if you kind of just go up there super amped up and those mm-hmm. are off, you're probably going to miss the bar. Like you have to be very yeah. methodical with it. You have to treat it very intently and you know trying to make sure you're always on Mm -hmm. so that your jump can go well because there's a million different factors that can go into messing up a jump and and making the bar i'm gonna say like these like pole vault and high jump are pretty like specialized events so like how early on did you guys start like specializing them i feel like for you guys at least for you it's probably gonna be pretty early because you're you have a whole family of pole vaulters yeah (laughs) but like how early was that for you guys um you know, for me, since I was, do come from a pole vaulter family, I kind of started fiddling with it when I was like four, five, six. Like Jesus. I was very young, which honestly has been one of the biggest advantages that I've had. And then I really started to get into it in seventh grade and eighth grade where I did summer camps and then obviously in high school and now college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very fortunate. You know, my dad, he pole vaulted and he started in high school he won the California state championships and then, you know, my brothers come along 
and I actually didn't win. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to come along and, you know, be better than them and kind of share that with my dad. And unfortunately, my junior year, I got third and my senior year was canceled due to COVID. Mm. Um, but, but you got the closest. I did get the closest. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't couldn't quite win. If I had that senior year, I think mm-hmm. I would have won. But do you think starting at four made you like less scared of the sport as a whole? Because I have a lot of friends who tried it in high school. Yeah. And it was always about like it's like terrifying to yeah. learn for the first time. Did, that, did starting young help with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, you kind of build up to it. Like it is a very common statement that people see pole vaulting and they think, wow, that's so terrifying. Like I could never do that. Yeah. Or they think like, wow, that's so terrifying. Like I want to do that. And, and as, as a person who's watched your clips for the past week to study up, it's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is scary, but that's the equivalent of, you know, jumping into the deep end of a pool that you just keep sinking in. You know, it's like I started jumping three feet, something that you guys wouldn't be scared of. Mm-hmm. And then slowly over the years, I've built up to it. You know, it's not like I just, you know, threw nobody can just get they didn't, thrown they didn't start you out like 16 feet. No, 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 no one. No one can. <laughs> and that's that's if somebody were to be doing that. I would say that's very dangerous. Like, don't mm. do that because you're probably going to get hurt if you try and jump that high that fast. It's just because to jump that high, you need to be on a certain pole. And, you know, the way the poles work, it's going to send you on the runway and then you're going to land on the runway. And that's where you get all the pole vault fail compilations <laughs> of people breaking poles the and YouTube stuff. clips of the scary stuff. Do, do you yeah. ever watch those? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've seen pretty much. I, I always get sent them like at any time my friends see something and that they are not pole vaulters you know i always get sent them and i've pretty much seen all of them by now and i'm not it's not something that really scares me even breaking a pole although it looks very scary it's and it can be dangerous it typically isn't typically Mm -hmm. you just kind of fall out of it and they're totally fine it's just those one percent where they get impaled. That's the biggest question. The two biggest questions I always in, get is impaled is the craziest word to yeah, use. People <laughs> always say like, "Have you ever broken a pole?" And I say, "No, I actually haven't," which is kind of rare. And uh, then they knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second question I always get asked is, "Have you ever been impaled?" And the answer is always, you know, no. So I got into it very young. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, when, that sounds like Mondo Duplantis, right? Yes. Yeah. Mondo Mondo Duplantis is the world record holder. And he's just like way above everyone else right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one of the biggest reasons is, you know, one, he started young. His dad was a professional pole vaulter. His mom was an Olympic heptathlete. Oh, Damn. so you can blame it on your parents for not being both of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad was very athletic. My mom's very athletic too. She just has more of the cross country genes, mm-hmm. which is not the fast twitch fibers you need to be a pole vaulter. The most important part of pole vaulting is speed. And, you know, everyone kind of thinks, it may, oh, maybe it's the gymnastic ability and, you know, the body awareness. But your speed is kind of capping how high you can jump. Because if you have perfect technique, you're only as good as the amount of energy you can put into the mm-hmm. pole by your speed. There's a physics lesson somewhere in here where yes. math is being done as we talk. But. <laughs> yes, but I was very lucky to start very young. Gotcha. And Campton, how did you come across high jumping? What was your what was your start for it? Well, my start wasn't as early as Scott, but I started <laughs> when I was nine. Okay. in a PE camp in primary school back in Singapore. Uh, we did a few like sprints, throws, jumps, mm-hmm. and a little bit taller than my peers, so <laughs> I managed to jump that, uh, the, the minimum by, height. By a little bit taller. How tall were you when you were nine? Oh, in centimeters, like 135, 140. I'm Googling it into feet. <laughs> I'm stupid. One second. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, we're American. <laughs> 
four okay four foot five (laughs) i think it was pretty for nine pretty decent yeah nine is pretty tall (laughs) i think that's why i I terrifying (laughs) (laughs) nine-year-old no actually one of my friends was probably like 160 when he was nine jesus so it's pretty tall like 160 is how tall i am right now (laughs) (laughs) oops uh but yeah so got into high jump kind of accidentally did um long jump did the hurdles actually uh when i was nine i competed against uh, the 10 year olds because we didn't have the division for the nine year olds uh surprisingly um i jumped higher than them and won the national schools games at that point in time and mm-hmm. they were like okay let's keep this ki- guy on the team so from then you know continued with the high jump devil in a lot of other events but high jump was truly the passion and been doing it for this year will be 14 years wow and was there ever a point where you're competing you're doing you know your normal stuff was there a day you realized like hey i'm really good at this like where you're climbing up the leaderboards a bit you're doing a little better than people right in front of you you finally get one win was there a moment that clicked like i i could be you know representing my nation in this i could be going overseas and competing in this well it's actually the opposite the reason why i i think i got better was because i wasn't winning and at 15 i told my parents i want to be better so i went to australia to train as a 15 year old instead of going on winter break i went to australia (laughs) to train for three weeks and you know i basically unlearned everything i knew about the sport Mm -hmm. and had to start from the basics and you know just was diligent about it everything was conscientious every movement um every exercise i did and that year i actually improved 16 centimeters which is about six inches i think wow okay yeah and that's when i came back as like the national schools champion and from then on like basically qualified to be on the youth team and from then um qualified for a bunch of other competitions representing singapore and um, eventually broke the youth record broke the junior record and Mm -hmm. proceeded to the senior level just started wiping from there okay what were your parents thoughts when you're like hey i want to really Send me to Australia. Yeah, send me to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Let me focus on high jump. I'm 15 years old, and this is a decision I'm making. <laughs> actually really supportive. So, like, my dad and my mom basically, um, you know, helped me reach out to the coach and, you know, did the logistics and stuff. So, basically, without my parents, I think I wouldn't be here. So, I have to thank them. They're really huge pillar of support for me in this mm-hmm. sport. Okay, cool. Um, take it back to Penn State for just one more moment. You guys said he won. You met at night, you know, you guys bunked in the same room, talked about it, and then you win the next day? Is that, like, the transition of, like, the t- of time for that event? Pretty, yeah, much, pretty much, yeah. That's the coolest thing I've heard in a long time <laughs> doing this. That, again, because I've talked to a couple of athletes who've broken records before. We had um, Jared Sean who broke a receptions record in a game and all this other stuff. But to be two good close friends, break your records back-to-back, are you guys, like, at that meet, like, do you guys interact a lot, like, while you're out there? Like, is the, the team discussions? Like, how fun is that to, you know, both compete out the same days and break your records and just hang around with the rest of the meet? Like, you know, king of the, kings of the field. Like, we did our best and, you know, showed out. Yeah, I mean, I well, I competed the day before. So mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, going into that meet, knowing, I, you know, I already broke it. I already competed. Yeah. It was awesome. It was, you know, <laughs> like, oh, you know. Because <laughs> yeah, you have this goal ever since you walk onto the team or you know get recruited mm-hmm. to the team and so to you know finally break it it's definitely an amazing feeling and then the next day seeing Campton jump you know I'm I'm kind of sitting right next to him when he's going right where I'm probably 20 15 feet you know away from where he's jumping supporting him so 
it's just I honestly feel more excitement for him, you know, when he <laughs> when he makes the bar than like me making it. So it's it's just kind of a jolt of adrenaline when your mm-hmm. teammate makes it. So when Scott broke the record and he came back, it was like oh, like you guys are debriefing. Did that like make mount the pressure a bit on you? It's like oh nah, he broke it, so now I also have to break it. No, it's more like inspiring, you know, because your friend did it, and you know, I I kind of know what Scott's been through the mm-hmm. the past year so i was really really happy for him you know i was filming the video and it's like come on scott please clear this clear. and <laughs> on his like third attempt third attempt yeah. yeah when he cleared it i was just like let's go like i was so happy for him um you know it's like i felt on the journey with him as well you mm-hmm. know to be here with him at this milestone like he mentioned his family's history of pole vaulting now he was the best in the family so it's just really inspiring and i think th- um it didn't put pressure on me mm-hmm. but it was more like hey, now nah, I'm going to do my thing today. He did his thing yesterday. It's, yeah. it's my time now. Go time. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. And to pause for a moment, talk about a serious topic. You just mentioned injuries in the past year. That's what I'm assuming you're alluding to. Um, you guys have both been through a ton of injuries. Every athlete has. Um, I was reading up on the past season. We talked about it the other day as well, where you have to rehab, get yourself back to where you were before. I was looking up uh, before the 2020 East Asian Games, you got a collapsed lung. Yeah, like <laughs> these are these are you know to the normal person who's not an athlete, terrifying injuries you both have been through. Um, you guys came back much better. You know, uh, I I don't know who, if you guys have separate rehab processes here at Penn. I assume so, but what's it like climbing back out of those holes where you have to restart day one, retrain your body to back where you need to be? And you guys, did you guys do that together? You know, as teammates and friends, is this something you guys did separately? What were your mindsets going through these like events? Yeah, you want me to start? Sure. Uh, so not so much last year as the past like three years, but yeah. pretty much my entire time here has been injury after injury after injury, which is really what made it so mm-hmm. great to finally break the record. So coming out of high school, I my in January of 2020, um, I jumped a U.S. number one mark in high school. Wow! And then COVID ended everything. Um, and it ended as the U S two mark. So, you know, I was coming in with a mark that was, uh, 14 centimeters, like six inches, five inches off the, um, school record. So I was thinking like, oh, freshman year, you're like, I'm, I'm going to do this easily. And that's not what happened. That could not be farther (laughs) from the truth. Um, because one, our indoor season got canceled due to COVID my freshman year. Mm. And then outdoors, I was struggling with shin splints. And I kind of finally recovered from them, went home and I was pole vaulting with, you know, my old coach and the pole vault pit, the thing that you land on, it was not catching me correctly. And so every time I hit, it was developing a stress fracture in my back. So I was, didn't really realize it at the time. I just, you know, got up from it and was like, ow, you know, my back really hurts. And then, you know, bump and bruise. Yeah. And then, you know, that's all summer. And then September go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you know, you have a stretch fracture. And I was like, okay, you know, that makes more sense, Mm -hmm. which is kind (laughs) of be the first like broken bone. Like I've never really broken a bone, but that's the closest Mm -hmm. is a stress fracture. So I was pretty much out the entire off season of my sophomore year rehabbing, you know, three days a week PT where, you know, it wasn't really with the team much because I had to be so separated where I had to be just rehabbing and and resting. The the first thing they told me was, all right, eight weeks, do nothing, which to a guy who's been, you know, doing a lot. Talking to you the other day, I know doing nothing probably drives you a little bit. Oh yeah. It's crazy. It's, you know, it really like 
the restlessness really gets to me. <laughs> but, you know, then I rehab, whatever, I'm finally coming back indoor season and my shin splints come back. And I basically can't jump. We go to outdoor season of my sophomore year, finally fix the shin splints. I'm mm. finally, like, getting my groove back. And then pen relays is coming up, like, on the Wednesday before pen relays. Pen relays was Saturday. I was, like, feeling really good. I jumped a, you know, a practice... A, you know, season's best in practice on like the worst jump of my life. I was like, okay, no problem. It was a regional mark, outdoor mm -hmm. regional mark, which qualifies for like the NCAA semifinals. And then at Penn Relays, second warm up jump pulled my hamstring. So then I, you know, my parents came to see me too. I was like, don't bother coming. I just pulled my hamstring in the warm up. So now it's like, okay, and well, now I'm back to, you know, square one. Mm -hmm. Rehabbed my hamstring pretty much until middle of summer. And then I also started taking Accutane which is a you know medication mm -hmm. that clears up your skin and what i didn't realize is that the side effects of it Ooh. was that i could not run and i went to the doctor and was like hey i'm taking this but is this an issue and the guy's like no like it's you're good a and the doctor right there yeah yeah the doctor was was not correct um and because i got off of it and then once pretty much it got through my body i was done mm -hmm. you know and i hadn't practiced in 10 months came back had three to four pole vault practices and in those 10 months time you know i was still like lifting and stuff but it was obviously you know half of maybe what i would normally do i wasn't able to run or sprint mm -hmm. and then that four weeks then i ended up placing at heps at the ivy league championship so i was like okay you know starting to do a little better now mm -hmm. and then outdoor season it was finally like you know i'm done with these injuries and I'm, I'm finally feeling he healthy that's mm -hmm. when I jumped, you know, a lifetime best first time in like three years. Yeah. And then I was, you know, the only guy from UPenn to qualify for the national meet. So it was kind of an amazing you know, comeback yeah. story where it's like, <laughs> hey, like I still got it. <laughs> the movie's coming soon. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Then I, you know, I was training over summer again. And, and then in September, you know, my, the bro my brother who's seven years older passed mm -hmm. away, which wow. is just kind of another, you know, heavy hit. But in my mind, I always knew, you know you know he pushed me to be better and he wouldn't want me to give up now you know i've come so far and hadn't break, broken his record yet so that's you know what makes the 550 at penn state that much more special is that's the the guy i beat the, gotcha. my brother mark tony um so to come back you know through all of those injuries all those all the pain that i endured and you know even through you know the death of a sibling to still you know be showing up and still be saying oh, i'm still going to be really good i still got mm -hmm. this it's you know very special and it's something it's a trait that i'm you know very proud of myself for that's a a story we did not know and that's a very intimate thing to share and i that makes the record all the sweeter it makes it all yeah. better. It feels the better after three years of hell cherry on top at the end just horrible feelings and then getting out there and proving to yourself breaking a real record that's yeah I can get choked up in this moment. You know, yeah. it's a it's a very very intimate story to tell. That's well, I mean, proving it to myself, you know, proving it to kind of everyone else because I was telling my teammates Ben and Jimmy, also pole vaulters, like, oh, hey, I'm gonna be better than you guys. All during these injuries, I'm like, I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be better, and it's very common mm -hmm. in especially kind of in track where these really standout athletes they come in from high school and they just don't really get better and they don't improve their best it, it happens all too frequently and you know one of the guys on the team jimmy he was thinking that like oh, he's not, not really gonna come back you know and he ben trash talking you while injured yeah yeah <laughs> well it wasn't to my face which kind of makes it worse but 
uh, Ben kind of had my back. He was he was telling me like, you know, I thought you were always going to be good. I thought you were going to come back. And so so he was a true supporter from day one. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, I kind of didn't really know about. It's not like he was telling me <laughs> to my face. These but conversations you weren't privy to. Yes. Yeah. But I, you know, I kind of just had that internal fire of like, I'm, I'm going to be good no matter what. Like, I'm going to come back and kind of proving all those people wrong. Like, mm-hmm. hey. I'm telling you, I'm, I've still got it, and it doesn't matter what I go through. I'm still going to be here. So something I'm very proud of. And you should be. Uh, it's our job as journalists to, to hype up the athletes. It's why we do stuff like this. It's why I do promo videos. That's something that deserves recognition, and I'm, I'm glad you get to share it here. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing story. And, Camden, I don't mean to ask you to follow that up <laughs> <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> with, with your own personal you know injury history collapsed lung <laughs> i mean he, he's got the wikipedia page <laughs> i don't <laughs> um i think also like kind of um going off the scot which is like innate motivation something that really pushes you to be better you know even despite the setbacks that we have faced as athletes for me you, know, you mentioned two years ago right before the southeast asian games um had a double pr that they jumped 220 was mm-hmm. going to go to Southeast Asian Games to, you know, contend for the gold medal. Five days later, I was on the operating table, you know. Uh, my lung had collapsed, did emergency surgery, mm-hmm. uh, tubes coming out my my chest. I was bedridden basically uh, for like five, six days. And, uh, you know, I woke up to the news actually that Asian Games was postponed to the next year. <laughs> so, uh, like, in my mind, I was they like... They couldn't oh, hold it without you. Ah, I was like, yeah, they, they're waiting for me now, you know. So, <laughs> I was, I was uh, jokes aside, I was pretty upset about it because, you know, I really wanted to jump that, mm-hmm. um, represent Singapore at the Asian Games and the Commonwealth Games that year. But my mom told me that, you know, you should look at it positively. Mm-hmm. You have an, an, another year to have a good showing, you know, train up again. Commonwealth is three months later, you know, if they still select you to go give it your best. And I kind of talked to my surgeon about it. It's like, hey, can I, is it realistic to be back in three months competing? And he was like, nah, I think for the regular person, six months, uh, <laughs> I expect you not to do anything. So mm-hmm. three months is kind of a stretch if you want to compete. And, you know, I told him like, no, I, I would be back. You know, mm-hmm. this is, tell me what I need to do. And I'm not says, a regular person. No, <laughs> no. And he told me like, you know, um, you have to rehab basically uh i need to diagnose you and see whether you're fit as mm-hmm. like a safety protocol so you know one and a half months strict physio strict rehab did everything i needed to went to sweden to train for three weeks to prepare for the commonwealth games um singapore national olympic council still selected me to be uh, part of the team for the commonwealth games and so i was fortunate enough to go there um, jumped in the finals finished 12th place jumped 210 actually which isn't like too bad i think considering the three months mm-hmm. recovery time period and you know got the pen was ready to go um super excited to meet all the team you know be part of this like dream i had you know to be a d1 athlete mm-hmm. and then uh, everything was going well in the fall january came around competed first meet broke the singapore in the record mm-hmm. second meet broke it again and it was at that meet where i sustained a heel bruise and basically was out for the entire season you know yeah. Uh, couldn't compete went to Habs I was in shoes and you know the other athletes and coaches were looking at me funny like hey this guy forgot how to jump he's like Singapore's ranked number one and yet he's not wearing spikes to jump like what is up um, I know Haida at that meet mm-hmm. I think and you know it was just like really disappointing because you, know, you come in ranked number one you have the expectation on yourself mm-hmm. um, and you just like fall short of it really hard um, and then going to outdoor season we had a 
slight, you know, positive um, competition. We jumped 206, which is two centimeters off the regional qualifiers. Mm. And so the coach was pretty happy with me. He said, hey, we can do this. I go to pen relays, you know, jump less than two meters, go to heps, no height again. <laughs> so I'm just like, what is up, right? And then we have one more meet, which is just last chance. Um, we have this before the, the regionals to, mm-hmm. to qualify. And then I find out my mom has cancer. So uh, I just lost focus, lost motivation, wanted to go back home and see her. Uh, so over the summer, you know, competed as well, uh, didn't do so well. But coming back to campus, I had a different outlook, you know, on, on life. And uh, I'm really blessed to be still doing this thing that I love. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll give it everything I have. So I went to the Asian Games, you know, with that determination, jumped seven feet, made it to the finals, jumped against my idol, Bashim, <laughs> and Wu. I saw the Instagram story. It was really sweet. It was really cool. It was one of the uh, the highlights of the games uh, to be able to jump with him. I had uh, previously in 2019 was supposed to jump against him, but he pulled out due to an injury, and so I was like, "Scared? Nah, no. <laughs> he, was like, he had a career-threatening injury, mm-hmm. and so he had to pull out, but." Basically, jumping against him and, you know, getting to that point again was special. Mm-hmm. And then I carried that, like, motivation and determination into the season. And, like, with, with Scott always pushing me, always telling me, you know, mm-hmm. like, he, he knows what I've been through. And he's like, yeah, you got this, man. Like, it's always coming, you know. Do this. Yeah. And we'll do it together. And, you know, funny enough, our goal is to be at Nationals this year. Mm-hmm. So that's in two weeks. I mean, he's he's made it. I'm still like on the fence, okay. so I'm gonna yeah. do my best this weekend to to do that. Yeah, you qualify gotcha. for nationals by being top 16 mm-hmm. for for indoor season nationals. Um, you basically just the entire season goes on, then the top 16 people individuals go. I think it's 12 for relays. For outdoors, how it works is there's the west and the east, mm-hmm. and the top 48 individuals go to those meets, and then at those meets you have to finish top 12. And then they okay. take the top 12, which is, you know, just top like 25%. And then you, those 12 and the East 12 and the West 12 meet at the national meet. So which, which format do you guys prefer? Cause I guess like with the indoor, it's like once you're in the top 16, you're yeah. like set. But with the other one, it's like you have a chance, but then if you are doing really well and then you don't do as on one meet, then it kind of decides. Yeah. I mean, personally, this kind of depends on when you'd ask me. Like, you know, <laughs> depends on if he was good that one day. No, Yeah. So, like now, I would probably pr- prefer the indoor season. Mm-hmm. The reason why people, the people you know, are kind of NCAA contenders, why they really hate outdoors, is because you basically have one chance, and if you mess up at that one meet, you're not going to the national meet. Versus indoors, if you're really good, given six or seven or eight, even eight meets. Mm-hmm. The odds that you jump an indoor nat, you know, top 16 mark are really good because maybe you mess up one meet, doesn't really matter. You still have five others that you're probably going to do well at versus the outdoors at the regional meet. If you miss that one meet, you're done. So wow. I think, you know, personally, last last year, I never would have qualified for the indoors. But I got to go to outdoors because I had the regional mark. Mm-hmm. And then I was just in that top 12. I literally got 12th. So so <laughs> I was that 12th guy who was like, yeah, let's go. You know? <laughs> I, I was I was going because, I, you know, it was they took the top 12 and, you know, kind of top 24 mm-hmm. um, go to that meet versus indoors is only 16. So it is a little more competitive. 
But I think if you ask people kind of on the cusp of that, they're going to say, you know, I prefer outdoors because I got a chance to make the national meet. And if you're looking at those top, you know, 10 people, they're going to say, I prefer indoors because I don't have one meet to mess up. So mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is last year, if he had asked you this, you would have preferred outdoors. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that that is the reason I went, you know, because <laughs> outdoors they took they took 24 people and I was, you know, number mm-hmm. 12 on the east, but tied for, you know, 22nd or whatever. Got it. Okay. Um, transitioning to more like lighter notes after hearing both of your incredible stories to, to where you've gotten here. Um, we usually ask some dumb stuff about being teammates and stuff that happens. You know, I always ask the football guys like, "What goes on in the locker room?" They all like, uh, and scratch their heads, and they don't—they're not allowed to admit anything. Um, is there anything that you guys do as teammates, like rituals, some fun you have that like your coach wouldn't be thrilled to hear, but is something that you guys do for a little bit of fun while you know in between meets, in between training? <laughs> do you do one off the top of your head? <laughs> I mean, the I, awkward grins from across the room is <laughs> something that won't translate to the podcast. Ice box, I guess. Which one? Ice box. I mean, I think they'd want to hear like that's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, we just bad. take ice baths. That's not that's like <laughs> that's 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 not that's something the coaches would want to hear that they like yeah. don't hear. We're happy you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, um, I'm asking this question knowing you guys are like the two most serious athletes. I think. I've yeah. Maybe other people on the <laughs> team would have better stories. Yeah, Ben and Jimmy probably have. Better yeah, stories. yeah. So Shut what up. I'm hearing is we should get Ben and Jimmy on here. <laughs> you would, you would definitely hear more interesting stuff. This, you know, not not much goes on in the locker room, honestly, just mm-hmm. because our team is like so big and we're not really on it in the same time period. You know, football mm-hmm. has practice and then you know, they go to shower or whatever in the locker room, mm-hmm. versus us you know our event group is vertical jumps yeah that has a different time than cross country which has a different time it's all different sports do you guys yes. yeah do you guys we ever have, have like between the groups like rivalries yeah yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what i will i will tell you i guess one thing the grit uh, huh you want to tell them about the grit score oh uh, <laughs> you, you could tell that one i was gonna say uh jimmy a pole vaulter on the team mm-hmm. in our first meet he ran the 60 meter dash and I was telling the sprinters, I was telling them, like, Jimmy's going to beat you guys. Like, I'm, I'm actually serious. Jimmy's really fast. And they're all like, nah, like, nah, he's not going to beat us. And then Jimmy won. <laughs> and then Jimmy Jimmy beat him. <laughs> and, and I was telling them the whole time, like, yeah, I, I told you he's super fast. And they were just, they didn't really so see it. So bad blood between you guys. Yeah, and you know. Now. Is Jimmy doing the wrong sport? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I did say the most important part of pole vaulting is it's speed. Fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah, did and, say that. And that's Jimmy true. is. Um, he's kind of got, you need the gymnastics ability too, which he has. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wouldn't really say there's bad blood, so but there who was. Can, a, who can do the best, like, flip or <laughs> gymnastics? Probably Jimmy, yeah. Oh, okay. Jimmy. I'd say he can almost do a, like, double backflip on the floor. Damn. Which is, you know, pretty yeah. impressive given he probably has, you know, 20 hours of gymnastics experience maybe like 30 my mom was a gymnast in college and every time there's a, a meet going on a pen she's like oh let me come by and watch and all that stuff and she'll start like rating the players from on top of the field like oh i know he can't do that i know he can do this just like commenting on everything um so it's funny to hear like oh yeah he can he can do this move and i actually knew something for once when it comes to track and field yeah. um yeah. you know about rating stuff we had a teammate and he just basically went through the whole men's roster that came out with um this thing called the grit score so he took all the men's uh track and field athletes and ranked them according to how gritty they are so like who would win in a fight oh yeah. where did you guys it was, it was like a fight fall? index yeah it's like a fight index basically so, so 
I was uh, I was number ten out of okay. fifty okay. something. But you know, this is a little biased since it is coming from. I think it is pretty fairly ranked. I will say that. <laughs> I will say that. I think I think the top you know fifteen to twenty are kind pretty you know pretty fairly ranked, and then the bottom it's just like. The guy who made it doesn't really have an idea of exactly where those people would rank because yeah. he doesn't know them that well. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think it's not mm -hmm. exactly accurate. The fact that he still ranked everyone's impressive. That's yeah. a lot of free yeah, time he has on he, his hands. Yeah, he wouldn't tell us <laughs> how much time. It was pretty what, um, methodical as well. He had like, yeah, yeah. algorithms, you know, mm -hmm. like based on your height, your <laughs> yeah. weight. Um, so that, who was your, number one and why was it Scott Doshat? <laughs> he, he was, you know. <laughs> was I right? So technically, number one is <laughs> is Kai, but there's kind of a debate whether Kai or Scott would win. They're like pretty okay. number. I'm I'm, I'm wow. so happy. You know what? Shot in the f***ing dark. Look at me. I, <laughs> you got I, it, man. I'm yeah. pretty impressed. Yeah, I'm on I'm on Team Scott. He's just kind of a a beast. So but doing the quick interview with him the other day, terrifying human. Theor if thinking about yeah. a fight, terrifying. Well, yeah. well, just imagine like he's like super smiley guy, super happy. You do Wait, not. We were they were like look, looking through the footage and like editing it and someone like i don't know if it was you or if it was one of the video editors like why is this guy always smiling is yeah, that's his, how he is. is his mouth not tired no it's just waiting him. specifically said damn i think his mouth's gotta hurt after smiling yeah. all day which yeah it's a fair con he's i think the nicest guy i've ever talked to he was it was fantastic like yeah and <laughs> ranking him number one in the fight list is quite comical well, just from his personality there's a couple of people who have stories of them seeing him angry, oh, and they said like they have never been so terrified. It's like seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mess with him. No, I I'm not messing with him. Yeah. All you gotta I've see is his, his one throw video where every single throw he does, he screams like a madman afterwards. I think that's all you need to see. I think that's yeah, <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Yeah. Another fun question: Captain Cam is. I feel like we've talked about it. Really, like superhero like name, <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Scott Tony, not so much. But like, if you could, like, <laughs> yeah. if you could change it around, like you know, like Peter Parker, Bruce Banner type vibes. What would you? What would your superhero name be? <laughs> yeah, I've, actually, my middle name. So my my dad, mm -hmm. he's like really into X Men, and I'm so Wolverine's excited. name is Logan, yeah. and everyone kind of figured that out once that movie Logan came out mm -hmm. and <laughs> my my middle name is Logan mm -hmm. because of Wolverine like he named me after Wolverine like one of my brother's middle name is Gambit and oh, Gambit is so hype it <laughs> is an, an X-Men character um and so I, I honestly think that's pretty cool so I guess my my name would be Logan you know if, if Scott Logan I guess would be my <laughs> my superhero name not as good as Campton Cam but I sh that question was fantastic a <laughs> b the fact that it hit with the yeah <laughs> you, you had like a one in one thousand there <laughs> yeah, and it landed <laughs> to hit the superhero middle name yeah um another question we were, we were stalking some linkedins today and uh scott i saw that you had a esports oh yeah <laughs> written down on the yeah I, I i remember asking you at the um while we were interviewing the other day i was like you a dual sport athlete is right what was the, the other sport you want to do and you didn't mention esports so yeah because i wouldn't want to do that <laughs> um <laughs> i mean i've been like playing video games like i talked about since mm -hmm. i was like six you know or five yeah. you know, my very first game was dance dance revolution oh, yeah. and i was like actually i think it was like three it's like my first memory yeah. of me like putting my hands on the arrows trying to play the game because <laughs> you know my dad's kind of a you know geek which yeah, is yeah, funny because you can look, tell from the middle name 
Yeah, well, well, you look at him and he's like this, you know, big, strong guy, very athletic, and then, and then you know, he likes board games and video games and yeah. and, uh, but yeah, so I've just been playing video games since I was five years old and kind of had that drive because my older brothers played mm-hmm. and they kind of always just elevated me because I'd always want to be better than them. I would always want to play with them and they actually wouldn't let me play with them because I sucked. <laughs> you know, I was really bad. So I kind of looked at myself, okay, you know, I'm going to be better than them, you know? And so one of the games I've been playing since I was like 10, since like the first season is League of Legends. And that game, okay. I reached the, you know, the highest rank, which, you know, it's, you it's pretty impressive. Wow. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be good at everything, man. You can do some for the rest of us. Jesus. Yeah, but that's, you know, something I'm actually very, very proud of. To, to be clear for people listening in this moment, that game is one of the most hard to learn, terrifying games on this earth, in my opinion. And just be like, oh, just casually drop and like, oh yeah, I got ranked one. Yeah, not ranked, not ranked one. The highest rank. Excuse yeah, me, yeah. Excuse me. There is a difference. There, there is a difference. I think I was ranked like, you know, like one eighty or something out of you know like five million or something. Still but disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I've I played in tournaments and I have won money, but it's just it was something in in high school. I, I wasn't going to try and be some professional. You know, I already yeah. had pole vaulting and I wanted to prioritize my academics, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I was like playing with a lot of professionals because that's just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, I mean, 180 is very high. Like, yeah. Top zero, 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 I've played with the ranked one people multiple times. So what's your lane and what's the, what's the main you have? On the <laughs> um, just, I, just to end the questioning there. We won't tease you too much about yeah. that. But what, do you have a lane? Do you have a main for the, for the game? Yeah. I mean, it kind of changed a lot of different seasons, but like kind of the main one has been mid. Okay. Just, okay. uh, that's kind of just, just like in pole vaulting straight down the middle, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what my brothers played, you know? So that's mm. what I wanted to maybe, do. Maybe there's a thing with pole vaulters and <laughs> I, I'd be curious. I, I've always thought like, Hmm, you know, am I the best league player that's <laughs> gone to a national meet? Is there someone that's Am I the better? best league track athlete? Maybe yeah. this year, if you, if you get there, and I'm hoping you do, so maybe for you when you get there, you should do a poll and report back to us whether or not there's a story there that we can look <laughs> yeah. into. Maybe, yeah. I I don't know. I don't think it's all too common. It's it's not that common. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure like, there's, there's another player or another person on the team who also plays. And um, she was also like super happy for me, you know, and I reached the top <laughs> rank. So cool. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, thank you. <laughs> because cause she's she's honestly the only one that kind of understands what it's yeah. like to play the game. Got you. That's that's such a fun fact to, to pull up. Uh, shout out again, Waning, one of our, our writers here who you met was the photographer. Uh, mm-hmm. She was just like going through LinkedIn, like there's got to be some fun fact here. There's going to be <laughs> something yeah. to pull up for the interview. And yeah. she found a really good, really good nugget there. Um, Campton. Talking again, you know, we're talking about like his like side hub hobbies, you know, League of Legends, stuff like that. Is there anything you have? It doesn't need to be as impressive as 180. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything on the side that you like doing? Oh, maybe something outside of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I love coffee. So you know, I'm always trying to get, uh, I, I need coffee to, f- to, to function basically. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of my like hobbies when I have the time is basically to go to a cafe um, explore new ones and you know just chill for the day because we usually travel for meets on weekends mm. so you don't have that luxury of time what's gotcha. been your favorite cafe that's a good question i've been compiling a list i've been trying to compile one too but <laughs> <laughs> it's not pretty it's not exhaustive um mm. i pre i like uh knockbox mm-hmm. it's just oh, yeah. like 
that's, a, that's a popular one in the DP office. A lot of people mm. have said knockbox. Really? Yeah. What's your favorite drink? Well, I haven't been. Yeah, I've gone three times, and each time the line was out the door, so I couldn't get a drink, <laughs> and I walked back to Green Street Cafe because oh, it's on the way there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, you want to join the uh, the coffee club here at Penn? We have a couple people in the DP who've joined that as well. Oh, there's a club? Yeah, there's a, little, there's a coffee oh, drinkers well, I, club. I might have to join that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will start transitioning to the end of the podcast. This has gone, you know, one of our longer filming times so far. It's been a very flowing conversation. So it doesn't even feel that long. Um, I appreciate both of your time so far. Um, I did this with you the other day. Um, I always give the athletes we interview a chance to have a final, you know, message about themselves. Uh, this is usually like if you want to thank somebody. Uh, you know, we had one athlete go out and say, yeah, we're going to beat all the Ivy Leagues next year. You know, shit, you know, you can take it serious or not, but like, is there a statement or a declaration or something you want to say about yourself that you feel like would be fitting for a podcast episode about yourself? And we've had athletes say, like, you know, I'm going to be great next year. We've had athletes say, I have no clue what I'm doing next year. So anything on y'all's mind, you know, I'd be like a final period on your interview today. Is there something you want people to know about yourselves? Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of said this and, you know, previous thing we did. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of the reason that I've been able to accomplish so much has just been the way I treat nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm meeting with the nutritionist once a week, just checking in and say, hey, how's it going? You know, I count every calorie because I'm someone who's, my body naturally likes to sit mm -hmm. 10, 15 pounds heavier. Like, that's yeah. just who I am. Like, if you saw my dad, you would understand. <laughs> you know, he's a kind of a bigger guy. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really strong. And that's kind of all my, you know, brothers in general. But pole vaulters, like I said, the most important part is speed. Mm -hmm. And you kind of got to be light because the pole has to throw you really high. And so the reason that I got into nutrition was because of my older brother, Mark. Mm -hmm. and, you know, he was very big on it. And he, the way he approached it was how I, you know, I thought I, I want to be better than him. And, you know, how I'm going to be better is I'm going to take what he did and just try and dial it up, like make mm -hmm. it more extreme. And so that's kind of one of the maybe just, you know, things you wouldn't see initially that has really made me a lot better than I otherwise would have been. It's just my ability to try and, you know, restrict the sweets as much as I can and try and get a ton of, you know, protein. I'm like a super big sweets guy. Like I love <laughs> out of season, completely different person. The first time, you know, my friends see me just eating pizza and like chocolate, completely different person. But yeah, other than that, I kind of just want to thank, you know, my brothers, my dad, my mom, you know, I wouldn't be here without them. Gotcha. I think for me, it would be enjoy the journey that you have um, here at Penn and like whatever you're doing, because, you know, you never know when's the last time you're going to do it. Right. Yeah. So always take it not like don't take it for granted, basically. And, you know, find yourself a friend who is always going to push you, who's always going to make you better. I want to thank Camden Cam. Too. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah. like, during my, my tough times, like Scott's always been there for me. He's told mm -hmm. me like, you know. Based the the thing that I still remember is, do you want to get good? Like, do you want to be better? <laughs> like, that was something that stuck with me at the mm -hmm. beginning of the season. And you know, I'm really privileged to have him as a friend, and then I would call him a brother. Yeah, that's fantastic. This everyone's blushing at the table right now. We all got rosy cheeks talking about you know how emotional and sweet this interview was. Um, you guys rock. We appreciate you greatly here. Um, our job of the DP is to highlight y'all. It's what we love doing. It's kind of you know what we want for our professions after college. And you guys were amazing to have on. This is one of our, you know, probably our best interviews. You guys gave great answers. And I appreciate you both. Um, but to all our people listening, thank you guys for listening once again. I really appreciate it. 
This has been the Quaker Nation podcast. Come back in the next two weeks when we interview maybe not, you know, better athletes, but another pair of athletes, you know, <laughs> have them on for the podcast. But yeah, thank you guys for listening and see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.